are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The best people of all time, that is you, Locked on Spartans listeners. How on earth are you doing? And thank you so much for starting not just your day, but your week with us at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Before I let this gentleman next to me talk, finally, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel. If you want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. Now it's time to let friend of the program, that's right, he is a returning guest, Ryan O'Blenis of The Only Colors. He does it all there. He is the guy at The Only Colors. He's back. We're going to have a good time. We're going to rehash last year's true and false round. We're going to do more true and false, and then we're going to look at some week one lines. But before we get to that, Ryan, I, I guess I'll let you talk. How you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm good. Always a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to uh, calling out some of our bad takes from last year. Let's see what happens. Not as bad as it could have been. Uh, I will just put it up right there. So I think, and this would have been nice to do before we start recording, is count how many of these we did last year. I count six that we did last year. Had six statements for you, Ryan. Pretty easy premise, true or false. These were recorded after the Northwestern game, so after the first game of the season. So how, how do you think, okay, there are some that are like ambiguous, like it's you know an opinion question, but there are some that are actually factual. How do you think you did on the factual ones? If I recall, um, you know, I recall some of them we went over, and like you said, I think we actually did pretty well on a couple. I think some were more opinion based, or there are some maybe that might not have an answer yet, um, and there was probably a couple we got wrong in there. But let's see. But not let's just toot our horns right now because it wasn't a lot wrong. Uh, it, it was pretty good. So, may, like on your end. Great call on my end. Maybe I shouldn't make the questions like challenging enough because I think we aced it. Like th- this first one right here. So of course this was after the Northwestern game when Kenneth Walker went out for what like 639 yards in in Evanston that day. So the first question we started with, or the prompt that we started with rather, was Kenneth Walker will have another 200 plus yard game this season. Ryan, I listened. I, I listened back to the episode today. You were quick with the true. You were quick with the true and. I, it was true. 233 yards against Rutgers. Of course, he famously came four yards short, breaking the 200-yard barrier against Michigan. But, yeah, one for one. Look at you. Easy, easy game, Ryan, right? I mean, it's it's simple. I mean, you, you saw well, it. you know, yeah. I was at that Northwestern game and just watching him take the first carry of the game, 75 yards for a touchdown. You just knew that guy was special. So, yeah, I mean, that, that one seemed like a, you know, like a no-brainer, like it would happen again given his talent level. So, no, yeah, like at the time I thought it'd be like, no, come on. He, yeah, maybe he will. But like, I remember I said yes, but it would happen against Western Kentucky, like not against a Big Ten opponent in Rutgers. God bless the Scarlet Knights. Now, <laughs> the second one went a little south, but we can make excuses for this one. So the second one was Jaden Reed ends the season as the leading receiver as far as reception yards go. You said false. And I actually, I listened back. I never actually answered this question, so I I don't know what happened there. I just waffled and never got to a conclusion. So it tells you how good uh, of a job I, th- I did that day at hosting. But unfortunately, it was true. He racked up 1,026 yards 
Naylor racked up almost 700 yards. Now, here's the excuse, Ryan. Jalen Naylor missed four games. Are you going to count this as an asterisk loss, or are you just going to chalk it up as like a moral win? Because if he played those four games, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll count it as an L, but I think, if I recall correctly, I also said that I, I believe Naylor will lead in yards per reception, which he did. And as you okay. mentioned, he missed four games, so yeah. But an we're giving you an asterisk then. Yeah, we're we're giving you a big asterisk then. Okay, there we go. So you okay? You're you're one and a half and half. Now this is where uh, it starts to get interesting because this is when Ricky White was still like rumored to you know be on somewhat of a comeback tour later in the season, and so the prompt here was, will Ricky White not get his third receiver job back over Mosley if he does return? Um, so I'm just gonna count that that we both got that right because we both said no, he will not be the third receiver. Mosley did enough, and okay. Yeah, Mosley did enough because Ricky White never really came back ever. No, so, he didn't. That's how those questions went uh, back in the day. Now, this is where we start to get into like ambiguous territory right here. This was Cal Halliday will have the biggest impact of any Mark D'Antonio recruit in the Mel Tucker era. Of course, you got Jaden Reed we're going to count. I know he's a transfer, but we're, we're going to count him. Peyton Thorne, Angelo Gross, Xavier Henderson, if you will. I'm sure I'm missing a few names like Jalen Hunt, uh, for example. I'm, I, Bryce Berenger, too. Let's not leave the punters out here. We both said true that Cal Halliday would be the most impactful Mark D'Antonio recruit. How are you feeling right now after that? Are, are we holding pat on that, or are you going to change your mind? No, we're holding pat on it, but it's also interesting given what you know, Mel Tucker, Michigan State did at the linebacker position this year. Now, I, I still fully expect Halliday to get, you know, to start to get all kinds of playing time. But now you got Jacoby Winman and Aaron Brule in the mix. You got Darius Snow taking reps at linebacker. Uh, you know, sure. and Van Sumeren uh, came back from the the transfer portal, and so did Noah Ote. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a crowded position. Still, though, I think. You know, you look at what Halliday did last year, there's no reason to doubt that now. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm still on that train. The only thing that holds you back is, like, if, if Thorne goes gangbusters this year. And I'm a big Thorne guy, but, like, that's – it's tough. And it's tough when you got to grade, you know, an offensive player versus a defensive player. Like, that's a lot of gray area going on right there. But, like, hell, if, if Reed can pop off for another, like, 1,000-plus-yard season, kind of carry this team offensively somewhat of the way Kenneth Walker did last year, it's like – well, that's a pretty damn good argument then that we got. But then again, it's like maybe we're just missing like most obvious guy, like ninth year senior Xavier Henderson. Like if he falls out next year, if the pass defense gets a little or a lot uh, better than last year, like maybe that's a great candidate too. I don't know. So jury's out on that one, but I like the way we're trajecting with, with Cal Halliday here. That that might be boding well for us. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, we could say what we want about D'Antonio's later recruiting classes, but those guys you all named, those are those were D'Antonio guys and they're still big time yeah. contributors and they will be in twenty twenty two. So it's it's definitely an interesting one. I think it's too early to grade that pick, but yeah, like like you said, I like where that one's going. So I'll stick with it. Good good amount of whiffs in the late D'Antonio era. Well documented whiffs, but the hits the hits are are either homers or like doubles up the gaff. You know, like the, he's yeah, he he had some some good some goodness uh, in the end there amongst the kind of murky waters there that he put him in. But, hey, it'd be like that sometimes. So 
Okay, this this was kind of like a question that can be quantified like with actual numbers, but also not because the question, the way I posed it was really bad in hindsight. Over seven and a half wins, which was the Vegas over-under before last season, and of course we saw them beat Northwestern pretty handedly. I worded this, over seven and a half is now the standard. Really wish I would have worded that differently to like just make this a clear statement because like you said true and um, that the prediction was six and six before the season. Like that was my prediction as well, yours as well. But you said after one game, like you said, you've, you've seen enough. And uh, I waffled a bit. The worst take I had in this episode was that I said Rutgers looked pretty good. I don't know where I got that from. Anyway. Uh, probably had nightmares from that 2020 game. I, I, that must have been it, right? I forgot who Rutgers played week one, but they must have looked like dynamite, whoever it was against. But Because like, yeah. that that aged uh, like milk on the counter for two weeks. And uh, so I think I just eventually said, like, this is another one I just waffled on. I, th- I think I said, like, yeah, I'd be okay with six and six. We'll call this one me wrong, you right, I think just for sake of conversation here. But, yeah, like, isn't that funny? Like, in hindsight, seven and a half was the over-under in Vegas. Like, in this yeah, I don't think anybody – expected Michigan State to win 11 games even after that that Northwestern game which was no. you know going into the season everybody looked at that one as a toss-up so okay if you're predicting six and six going into the year and Northwestern's a toss-up they went at okay seven and fives in play but if right. I recall correctly we also said I think seven wins should be like the minimum goal so I mean I think maybe we could count that as a half for you too sure I'll, I'll hitch my wagon onto that why not? This sounds like great. I, I'll take any wins that I but can we, get right now. We severely uh, underestimated them for sure. Now, I saved the most contentious one for last. Now, this is what's going to have people swinging on each other right now. And it was in the Mel Tucker era, the script state helmets are the best ones they've worn. I believe these are the helmets they wore for the Northwestern game. Of course, um, you know, there was the Gruff Sparty helmet that we saw the season prior. And that, you said false because the Gruff Sparty is your favorite. And once again, I, I didn't answer these. For, I'm going to answer all of them in the next segment because this this is another one I just like talk myself in circles and never actually answered. What's my problem? Anyway, do you still stand by that or do you have another favorite alternative? Has, has your opinions changed as you've aged another half year? Opinions about the same. Yeah. Just safe yeah. to say with the gruff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, yeah. <laughs> I'm no graphic designer or anything like that, but, you know, I just – this is my personal favorite. This one is just a matter of opinion, so it's hard to grade. But, um, you know, I, and to be fair, though, the script ones, I'm a big fan of, too. Those are, I mean, those looked awesome in that Northwestern game. And, you know, obviously it's classic. So, yeah, I mean, I, those are probably my top two. But I still I, go with Russ Party overall. I might have a new number one. And, and I think it's just purely because of the memories associated with it. But the, the dark green Sparty outlined with the white, with the green helmet that they wore for the Michigan game. Like, listen, when I saw it, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's neat. Like, I don't know if it's like, you know, upper tier with like gruff Sparty or anything like that, but like, that's pretty badass. And then like with that memory associated to it, it's uh, yeah, that, that might be number one to me. And maybe, maybe I'm still prisoner of the moment, but like I'll be prisoner of that moment at least for another 10 years. I'm, I will not apologize. I think that's, that's a valid point. See, yeah, it's it, once I bring that, like, it's it's tough for any state fan to be like, oh, you're, you you celebrated that one too much. You're looking at that win with too much uh, twinkle in your eye. It's like, no, please, please come on. Now, if I'm still doing this in like 2036, like maybe you can check me, maybe, but like for now, no, 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 no. We got a new batch of questions that 
hopefully you're still going to run the table in the next segment. This is all new. So you can play at home with, with the kids, everyone. This is for the friends, the family. But first, Ryan, I got to just say goodbye to you for a hot second. Because I got to talk to the fine folks about Built Bar. I want you to take a seat and listen about how my life changed today. I had the, the, the same thing I've been talking about all week. You know what's coming. The Built Puff birthday cake flavor. Built Bar slap. In general, they are the best tasting protein bar you will ever have. Now, Built Puff, it is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, still wrapped in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar, my favorite flavor is birthday cake. Built Puff, my favorite flavor is any of them, any of them. The other day, I got sent a box of Built Puff birthday cake, and every single time I've taken a bite ever since I've opened that box, I've almost shed a tear. It is fantastic. 130, sorry, 150 calories. 15 grams of protein, just 9 grams of sugar for the best tasting bar. Not even just protein bar. I'm talking about even candy bars, too, that you'll ever have in your entire life. All Built Bars, heavenly tasting. All Built Bars, treat your body right. And also, Built.com is going to save you some cash. That's right. Smash in promo code LOCKED15. That's going to save you 15% off your first order. One more time, when you go to get your Built Bars or Built Puffs, smash in promo code LOCKED15 on Built.com to get your Built Bars. And as we welcome the one, the only, Ryan O'Blennis, the guy that does damn near everything for the only colors. That's right. Fine blog of SB Nation right there. Hey, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Ryan, are we starting to sweat right now? I've got a laundry list of true and false questions over here. Are you feeling the pressure? I'm looking forward to it. See what you get. That's what we're talking about. Let's not even talk about what's going to go on next season just yet for the first one. Yeah, you like that? You like that as a tease? Because... Ryan, these days, football is a 12-month sport in the Mel Tucker era because following recruiting is fun now. I'm having a hoot and a half. Uh, this is the best time I've had in my entire life. Um, so, true or false, MSU gets a commit from a five-star before July 1st rolls around. Now, I got to back it up with some stats here. MSU's got seven five-stars visiting campus in June. Do any of them commit to the green and white by July 1st? Ooh, that's tough. I do think that Tucker is going to land a five-star in this in this cycle. I don't know which one it will be. Um, you know, some, it could be somebody like Hicks. Um, sure. But uh, I, I don't know if it will happen before July 1st. I think that's a good, uh, a good question because, as you mentioned, a lot of these guys are visiting in June. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the times if a, if a recruit is – wanting to commit. It happens shortly after their official visit. You know, they might take one up at a couple other locations, but they already have it in mind. So um, I guess my official answer is no, not before July 1st, okay. but you see one happening this cycle. I'm going to get nuts. I'm, you know what? I, I'm, I'm high enough, Mel Tucker. I'm going to go true. Why not? Let, let, let's get crazy. I, if, if I'm going to have hysteria about recruiting, I'm going to dive 100% fully into it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's either going to be David Hicks or Samson Okunlola. Sure. Yeah. If I'm throwing names on the wall, why not? Yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll even call my shot with the five-star. Yeah. Either one of those two would be absolutely huge for the program moving forward. So. I'd be okay with it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you accept okay. it. Yeah. yeah. I'd shake my head and be like, okay, that, that plays with me, Mel. You didn't call me beforehand, but okay, I'll, I'll let it slide this time. Number two. Now, We've had a conversation about this gentleman already tonight. Cal Halliday starts at linebacker 
week one. Cal Halliday starts at linebacker week one, or is it going to be the trio of Darius Snow, Jacoby Winman, Aaron Brule trotting out for the linebacker positions? Because listen, we'll call it a three linebacker set this year. I mean, it is what it is. Spin it. True or false? True. Now, you might see... Defiant. Yeah, you might see Halliday in the middle, and you might see somebody like Brule or Winman even in the edge where they're both starting. And, you know, it seems like with the personnel this year, um, you know, like you said, you might see more three linebacker sets. I don't think MSU is going to be so uh, disciplined with the four-two-five. I think now they have the players where they can mix and match things. Yeah. Um, so, but I do. I, I would. I say true. Halliday will be on the field for the opening snap on defense. I'm going to say true too. But man, like, what an awesome problem to have. That like you're wondering if your freshman All-American coming back next year is even going to be a starter because we all, you, you, you got two NFL talent uh, linebackers and Jacoby women, Aaron Brule in the transfer portal in the off season. And yeah, like maybe women plays a little bit on the outside borderline edge. I don't know. The, the guy's an athletic freak. I mean, he only had like what I think it was like 115 tackles at UNLV last year. Like guys busy. He can get it done for anywhere in the field. So I like where you're going with that Cal in the middle, right? That right. That right there. I should say, are you ready for prompt? Number three. Bring it. Because we're going to bring out one of my favorite players on this team. Trey Mosley gets the second most receiving yards this season for Michigan State. Now, you can take that a few ways. Maybe he takes a shine from Reed, and he's actually the number one guy. Or, more reasonably, Keon Coleman steps up. Antori Foster steps up. Let's get nuts and throw Jeremy Bernard's name out there. Why don't we? Let's Christian Fitzpatrick, if you will. Let's get nuts. Where do you see Trey Mosley Stacking up as far as receiving yards go in the receiver room. So to clarify, we can say Mosley will either be first or second or second specifically. Second specifically. Yeah. Let's make this as hard as possible. Yeah. We got to shoot the gap here. Yeah. I am also a big believer in Mosley. I like what I saw from him last year. I do expect Reed to, you know, obviously lead the team in targets, receptions, yards. I will say Mosley will be second. Love that. Mr. Reliable. He He's just always there. He, he's always there on like a nice little out route, you know, or a nice little 10-yard hitch route. Like, hey, how you doing? I'll be right here as Jaden Reed has three bodies draped over him. How's it going, right. guys? So, yeah, there we go. The experience. And say experience because, God, I, I, I swear to God, like, Connor Cook was thrown to Trey Mosley at one point. Like, this kid's been here forever, but I, I ain't complaining. Like, I'll, I'll have him for, for another 10 years if, uh, if that's possible. All right. Now we're starting to get a little bit in the bold territory. Maybe, maybe not. I'll let you be the judge of that. MSU goes into their showdown against Ohio State undefeated. And yes, I will let everyone know the opponents. It is Western Michigan Week 1, Akron, on the road to Washington, Minnesota, and then Maryland are your five games. I believe that Maryland game is at home. And Nope, Maryland's on the road and Minnesota's at home. So, yeah, does MSU have five and only that Ohio State game? So, to me, the, the tricky one in that group is the trip out to Seattle for Washington. I think Michigan State is a far superior team, but having to travel to the Pacific Northwest is never going to be easy on your team. Um, and, you know, Washington, I think, is going to be much improved this year compared to what they showed last year. Um, Can't be worse. Yes, yeah, right. So, uh, but I do actually, you know, when I was looking at the schedule a couple of weeks ago, I had that exact thought. I was thinking, you know, I think Michigan State's going into Ohio State likely at 5-0, and so I'm going to say true. 
I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna say true too. I'm gonna say true too. And, and it's two things that worry me. It's of course the Washington game because like I still have PTSD of the Arizona State road trip. Now, granted, things were a lot different. Like I don't think it's gonna be 149 degrees at kickoff. Like, and the, the roster's a little better this year too than it was a few years ago. But also like. This is too early in the season for Michael Penix to be hurt with a season-ending injury. Like, it's only going to be week three. Like, so I think we will be playing against him, which doesn't fire me up too much because I think the world of him, I think, is very talented when he's healthy. And uh, so there's that going for me. But also, like, is is this going to be random acts of Minnesota this year? Like, are they, are they due for another, like, out-of-nowhere double-digit win season where they just are just spicy uh, with other teams. Cause I don't need that in my life, Ryan. I, I, I can't have it. So. Yeah. I think those are both interesting points. Penix knows Michigan state pretty well. Minnesota hasn't, well. hasn't played Michigan state in a while. And like you said, they, they randomly seem to pop. Um, so, you know, you, you never really know what's happening with them. And I mean, even, even Maryland could be kind of a wild card in there. So. God, that's a great point. Because, like, I, I have so little respect for Maryland's program. And I think it's because we always play them at the end of the season when they're always checked out. I think I looked it back, and this is not an exaggeration. I think this is the stat. If it's not, I'm not too far off. But in the last seven years, I think they've only won two games in November. And now we get them at the start of the year. And I don't like that. Like, while well, the team's still, like, trying, so to speak, <laughs> engaged in the games. Like, I, that doesn't sit right with me at all that we get a Maryland team that wants to try. So I, I'm still going to go true, though. With all that said, I'm going to just completely disregard anything I just said in the last two minutes, and I'm still going to say true. 5-0 Spartans against uh, 5-0 Buckeyes. Who are we kidding? Um, you know what? We're going to do one more. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do some more of these before getting quick into some first-week lines. Peyton Thorne re-breaks his own MSU program record of 27 touchdown passes in a single season next year. True or false? I wanted to say true, but I'm going to say false. Obviously, that doesn't happen very much. Um, you know, this is a new offense now under Jay Johnson, a lot more vertical, so there's going to be more opportunity for it. But he's also, you know, he lost – he's losing Jalen Naylor. He, he obviously lost the threat of Kenneth Walker. Um, yeah. I think a lot's going to be – you know, a lot of defensive game plans are going to be more focused on him now. So I think he'll be close, maybe around 25 touchdowns, but I'll say false. And I'm going to say false just because the, the offensive line scares me. And not the starters. Like, I, I got full faith in the starters. But it's like when those guys get hurt, and that's not to say, you know, like, everyone behind them a dud. It's just I don't know who they are. I, I, I just don't know. I've never seen the, the too deep play, basically. So, like, I just – if I'm at one point in a weird situation where someone told me at gunpoint, like, does Peyton Thorne get to 27? Like, I'd be like, no, probably not. And so – that's where I'm at. Yeah, the offensive line is the biggest wild card. I know. It, it brings me, yeah. Hey, we got two more of these, but just in a hot segment, because I got to talk to the fine folks about betonline.net. On all these. This is fun. But betonline.net luckily has a lot more fun stuff that you can bet on, and not, not just with the Michigan State football season, although they do have week one lines out that me and Ryan are going to bebop uh, a little bit about coming up. But, hey. Until then, gamble on some PGA Championship golf. Gamble on some NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, some MLB. See if they bet on the Tigers and if they're going to score more than like two runs in a given night. How fun's that? Bet online 
It's your continued number one source for your sports betting needs and information. Find all the latest odds, news, developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use a mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That's at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now let's get my man, Rhino Blennis, back in the mix. Two more to go of the true or false. And then we'll just like throw out a little week one line action just for a few minutes and nothing too crazy. But last year, Michigan State had one Big Ten first team all-conference player, however you want to word that. Regardless, first team is going to be the key here because the statement is MSU will have two Big Ten first team players on it. And so last year was, of course, Kenneth Walker. Uh, Reed is the only one returning this year that was on any team, and he was on the third team year. So, said, do you think Michigan State gets two first-team members on this season? Both sides of the ball? We're talking total. Just, just total aggregates. Because, like, we can go and I think, I think I've got an X-Factor. Like, Thorne, fine candidate, maybe. Uh, Jader definitely great candidate. Let's say Daniel Barker pops off a tight end, or Xavier Henderson, one of our four outstanding linebackers, or, here for this X-Factor right here, Bryce Barringer. Bryce Barringer could very well make first team all big ten. So yeah, you are getting excited about punting right now, Ryan. So, and he's a great punter. Yeah, you like that. So yeah. I think I'm just gonna say true really quick before you get to yours. You get two guys in the first team. You know what? I was initially leaning false, but the more I think about it, I think I'm actually going to go true as well. I think Reed will be on there. I think you bring up a good point with Behringer. You know, Thorne's going to um, have, you know, a shot at it. You also have Xavier Henderson. You also have a lot of those linebackers we talked about. Jacob Slade is an incredible defensive tackle. Slade's name for some reason. Slade's a great call. There you go. This is why we have to be on to clean up the mess that I'm making over here. So that's fantastic. Now let's clean up the true or false. Now this is a very question uh when spartan stadium will have more than two games this season more than two night games this season so just the home slate right now michigan on that friday night okay akron minnesota ohio state wisconsin Rutgers, indiana of those seven do you at least three games or where are you at for the whole night game bonanza Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. Did you say more than two or more than three night games? More than two. So at least three. I should over at two least. and a half, but here we are. Yeah. Okay. So at least three night games. I am going to say false. I say it ends up being two. I'm with you. Unfortunately, I'm with you because I love night games as much as the next guy. It's fun. But like Westerns, obviously, right? Like I don't think they're going to be yeah. kicking off at noon on, <laughs> on a Friday, Friday, right? Right. I don't think we're making any bold claim there, but I think what worries me about the Ohio State game is that what if the AM Alabama game is on at night as well? Are they going to want to run that up, or are they just going to say, no, we're going to do 330 there to get more eyeballs on Buckeyes versus Spartans? That's, that's my worry, but I think the following week, MSU-Wisconsin, like that could be prime for the picking for a night game too, but I think it's going to just be one of those two. Yeah, not, isn't not that, I could definitely see the Wisconsin game. 
Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Or then again, like they always have like random acts of night games where like I watch like Minnesota. Like, tell me that's not like a night game on Big Ten Network. That's what's going to screw the whole thing. Like Minnesota's just going to screw everything up. Yeah. Minnesota's jacking everything up over here. Like they're they're gonna make sure that we don't go into the Ohio State game undefeated. It's gonna be a random night game, a Big Ten network, whatever. Anyway, really quick, big news. Uh, BetOnline.net, our friends at BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting. Um, they came up with Week One lines because hey, we're one hundred what six days away from kickoff. Like yeah, why not just uh, start betting on these games before like you know we get into any other games? MSU minus nineteen against Western. Are you betting the mortgage on it, or are you going to wait a little bit before uh, you take any action on there? So uh, I'm not personally like a, a huge gambler. Uh, I do have the apps. You know, obviously, I'll, I'll throw some down when I feel really good about it. That line in particular was interesting to me. Like, you, you look at it, and you said, okay, Michigan State should cover that uh, fairly easily. But you, it's also kind of a, a more interesting opening matchup than uh, – what it would normally be against Western. Obviously you have Peyton Thorne's dad over there as the offensive coordinator sure. and you and you have uh Thorne who was a former Western commit and you have Reed who was a former Western player. Um so you know I, I see Western Michigan being very motivated for that game to open the season and come out and try to, you know, show that they can kind of play with Michigan State. But at the end of the day, you know, Michigan State should win that game by at least three touchdowns. So I would I would bet MSU minus nineteen. I just get so worried about like those week one games against, you know, like ra- random opponents, you know, like the uh, uh, group of five opponents. Like I think I'm going to stay away from that one for now. I, I got 106 days to change my mind here, but, uh, or what, what, 103, whatever it is, more than hundred days to change my mind, but any other games stick out to you because listen, one is no shortage of like some amazing, amazing football being poultry. You got me still? Uh, I can hear you now, oh, sorry. I must have froze. Wi-Fi's been on the fritz for all the day, and hey, we almost made it the whole show. But, hey, here we go. Sorry. Any other game uh, – sorry, game one. Any other week one action catch your eye around the country as we fly around the globe? So, did you see that Oregon-Georgia line? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's and a half. One. Yeah, sixteen and a half. I don't think you're you're going. I don't think uh, Oregon's going to be getting sixteen and a half points for the rest of the year. And that game is in Atlanta, so it's essentially a home game for Georgia. But right. you know, you can. Uh, Oregon caught Ohio State sleeping early in the year last year, and I, I would expect Georgia to win that game. But I don't know if they're they're going to win it by seventeen. So that that looks like an enticing bet to me. I think I'm going to fall into that. Sucker bet as well. I think I'm going to take on just because, yeah, what's in my head is last game at Ohio State. And uh, sure, national championship hangover. Why not? They just How many players do they say goodbye to in the NFL draft? Like, yeah, I, I get that they were like, you know, a machine and they've got the players to back it up. up but like, 16 and a half is a healthy, healthy number. So that's the biggest one that's out. Also, I mean, we'll talk more about Ohio State having, you know, big opponents. Notre Dame plus 15 and a half at Ohio State. I actually think I'm going to take the Buckeyes here. I'm going to lay the 15 and a half and take the Buckeyes as a state of uh, we ain't going to roll over this year. The death machine is upon everyone that plays us. So that's the only other one. 
Yeah, I saw that one too, and uh, I was, yeah, I, I was leaning kind of toward Notre Dame uh, with that big of a, a spread too, kind of for the same reasoning as, as the Oregon one. But I agree with you that uh, you know Ohio State is going to be pissed off all year because of that Michigan game, and you know they have a, a point to prove, and um, you know, I, so I, I personally probably wouldn't touch that one. But that that was an interesting line too. Yeah, I've I've just never seen a team celebrate a Rose Bowl. Like it was like the Duke's Mayable so much, like the, just so nonchalant. Like, yep, yeah, a little disappointed that this is the bully one. It's like, oh my god, they're gonna kill everyone next year. <laughs> like, oh no! It's... Speaking so, of the yeah, Rose Bowl, another uh, one. Time. Another one of those uh, lines that that was interesting to me was uh, it looks like Utah's going to Gainesville in Week One, and that's even money right now. Utah, Florida. That that'll be a fun one that to see how one. early yeah. in the season. Florida can label themselves as frauds. That's going to be very exciting. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to not just take care of it like week one, right? But the whole, let's cut to the chase, Florida. Billy Napier's there. Like, let's just, please. You're, you're still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. right. exactly. Exactly. So this is a hoot and a half. Um, first of all, congrats on killing last year's true false. And uh, you know what? Pre-congrats on uh, this year's as well. That's right. We're, we're feeling feeling some moxie about this one. So Appreciate where can it. the people where can the people find you on Twitter to either shout at you or heavily agree with everything on today's show? Yeah, uh, at Ryan O'Blennis, R-Y-A-N-O-B-L-E-N-E-S-S, or I'm uh, you know always on the Only Colors too at the Only Colors, or check out our website theonlycolors.com. Bang! Look at that, and thanks everyone for making back on Spartans in every single day now. Make your second listen, Locked on Big Ten. That's right with my guy, Nate Dickinson, bringing you all around the conference. Until then, love you all. Go Green.